I've never been more productive in my entire life and working for a sound engineer. We're just like, we're just crapping out songs, like two songs a day. Like, oh my God. Like on some Scrooge McDuck business, like I said, you just dive yeah, into just music. Yeah, like, just like, don't think moment. about it. It's just how to write, yeah, cool, print, print, print. Yeah. <laughs> review <laughs> Well, man, I'm actually really encouraged to hear, though, that, you know, um, as creatives, that especially during this whole pandemic that you guys mm. have seemed to be getting work and at least keeping the culture alive, which a lot of us needed because a lot of us obviously lost our lost our way, I suppose, if you haven't had something that you wanted to kind of get done through the, you know, the lockdown and the little kind of break period that we've had. So as of now, we're now actually seeing as even me speaking to like my um, my psychiatrist and such before, um, last year, basically saying it's like the next thing that they predict is the next pandemic is obviously going to make me the mental fallout because of the lack of, you know, communication that we've had interaction. And then, you know, going to create like, you know, amazing events that what you guys are hosting and holding and, you know, actually being there, but I suppose it gives you a bit more of an insight to who you really are as a person, if you want to go to that level, <laughs> but cool. Um, right. So, well, technically, I guess we already started. So welcome to the, I am hip hop um, in collaboration with the high creativity podcast. And we are joined today by, two absolutely amazing creative individuals one going by torben the other one by bottis is it bottis or is it botis how do we pron pronounce it the second one that's good botis botis yeah 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 i was here just kind of practicing is it bottis or is it botis <laughs> it sounds kind of french good, so far, let's go let's that go with the bottis more effort than a lot of people put in <laughs> I also don't want to let down my peoples. I'm just saying we share a complexion on both halves. <laughs> just trying to keep the ground open there. But no, first, first of all, gentlemen, um, thank you very much for joining us today and taking the time out of your busy schedules to have a little chit chat with ourselves. But let's start off with how you guys are doing today. Ganti. <laughs> um, no, I'm doing good, man. I think it, um, not I think, I, yeah, I'm. Like I said, we're keeping productive and keeping busy, which is great. Um, I'm alive and well, so it's like, yeah, not complaining, man. Really, just yeah, just yeah, but yeah, in a creative, in a really great, great creative space at the moment. So, doing amazing. Yeah, yeah well, I definitely echo echo that sentiment, man. Just totally blessed to be healthy and happy and um, safe. And man, what more can you really want from that? And then on top of that, we get to do. Nice creative work and stuff like that. I mean, we're two of the most blessed individuals on the planet, I think. Mm. That's my high energy business right there. So, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, that's where the focus is. But <laughs> don't really discourage you, man. They've worked, they've definitely put in the work to get where they are today. So, Bottis, I believe, according to your whole um, resume, which is quite extensive, but we can break it down that you're a choreographer, director and dance artist. Mm. And Torben, that you're a music producer and composer. So, in a case, we'll start with you, Torben, because a lot of people kind of will say, well, why are you putting music producer and composer together in kind of like, you know, as two separate titles? Do you mind just breaking down why you, obviously you add the two? Yeah, absolutely. I think basically it's to cover all bases because uh, a lot of people have preconceived ideas about what either one of those things are. Um, to some people, a composer means you literally will be writing uh, classical or you'll score music on, uh, on, on the, see, I'm so musically illiterate, I don't even know what it's called, the, the lines with the- Where the music sheets, you mean? And yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can see my lack of education in music. Um, so, so that's what that conjures for a lot of people. That's what they, they, they think of when they hear composer, which isn't necessarily true. I mean, you can compose a, a film score without writing a piece of 
music at all. You could just arrange your music in different places. It can mean that also. And then also some people think music producer might just be the sound engineering part of it. Whereas a lot of people that are into hip hop or you're into like the beat scene, when you hear music producer, you think someone who makes beats. Yeah. Um, and all of these things are true. I do all of them. So uh, I thought it's just better to kind of, for the ease of understanding, I do a bit of everything and it's quite, make sure that people get the right impression of what I do so they don't kind of pigeonhole me in, in, in one place or another. Often people see the two and they go, I oh, DJs then. I'm like, yeah, no, that's what <laughs> I do. That's what I don't, yeah, like, I don't music produce or compose. I DJ, all right? I yeah, take what yeah, they, give, they, they give me the stuff and I get, make you dance to it. That's mm -hmm, my job mm -hmm. here. <laughs> um, so and on to you there, Bottis, is, um So like, yeah, choreographer, director, you know, dance, um, dance artist as well. So very extensive. So you pretty much not only take the front, front stage, you also lead the backstage, you also then put the whole thing together and then you also then direct people on how to put that. So what's that kind of experience being like for you as I'm sort of supposed maybe starting off as a dance artist and then how did everything else kind of roll on? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I started off as a dancer. So dancing for like another company. Um, and that was kind of a, I think dancing for, for someone else is always kind of a great experience in terms of you learn, you basically just learn a lot in terms of what, what works, what doesn't work. And I think kind of, Choreographing was something that I, I think I almost fit, not fell into, is something that I always kind of wanted to do after dancing for for a company. I think what just watching how things were kind of put together, I was also always kind of just fascinated with, um, yeah, the the architect of how things kind of put, how you put things together or why things move in certain ways. And I think as a choreographer, when you when you kind of step into that realm, you you then slowly step into this realm of like directing people as well. But I think all of all of these things. It was a weird thing because I never knew I was directed until someone said, yeah, you're you're actually now directed. And I was like, okay, that's great. <laughs> it's like I've become some sort of director. But um, it's because you know, I think it's because you never really label it. But I think dancing is, I think starting off as a dancer is, is basically your foundation and a base that kind of helps uh, for you to understand what choreographing is and directing is. And then like doing stuff for film as well, compared to doing stuff on stage, there's very different... Um, they have similar things, but they're just like working on stage and working on, on like a film is totally, I feel like it's totally a different thing, but it's just, you can respect both crafts, but they're just, they have, they have their, their different disciplines that you have to kind of um, study or, or even now like reading about how to make films and watching a lot of films, you understand the real craft um, that it takes. So it's, yeah, I think I'm not, I'm dancing less as now, I'm dancing more or less now, I'm kind of more kind of directing, choreographing. I think I'm, dancing is great, but I, I find it, it's, it's tough. It's you tough. Mean, <laughs> the big, the big return. It's going to be good. <laughs> we'll go again. That's chasing that back, back end, as they say, but also saving your knees in the process as well. But oh, I'm yeah, sure, boy. you. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you still. I'm sure you're still cut up a rug as they used to, or they say, my, my, showing my age a bit, or you know, you know, on a dance floor. I'm sure you're out dance, most of us, including me. So that's fine. But I'll give, I'll, I'll give my little two boogies here and there. It's fine as long as I can catch a beat, as I say. But um, all right, wicked. So, no, thanks very much for kind of getting into that but what i'm now also kind of interested in is how how you both kind of got to where you are so kind of like your lives growing up so we'll start with um keeping it fair bottis you, you know what was life growing up for you to get to these you know these stages and such that's a big question that's like <laughs> the um in terms of where i started i yeah the dance dance was probably something i never wanted to do it's, it's not like a, i was never really into it um my first love has always been music, uh, which was making music, writing music and stuff that I started off in the beginning. Um, I started off predominantly doing like 
It was at that time. It was. It was still. No, it is. I'm not talking like I'm old. It's a grand music. It's basically grand. Like grand was what <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do. I'm like that's that was like my key thing. Um, somehow that kind of never really worked out. Might not have been that good. Probably wasn't. So I fell into. Uh, so like I think how dance came along was kind of. Um, basically, the school that I used to go at, they used to kind of bring these kind of choreographers who used to come in basically every year to do like talent shows. So they they had like loads of choreographers every year. I think they've done it for about four years because they kind of just wanted to help kids to kind of develop in a different way. Mm. So I, I, I fell into kind of dance through that of finding like a choreographer kind of coming in and saying, I'm doing this dance thing. Um, I really got into it because it, it kind of got me out of like detention, like because. I wasn't so great at like I wasn't I wasn't so great at staying focused in school, but that gave that gave a lot of young kids just just the opportunity to be able to do something after school because a lot of times mm. after school there, there wasn't really there isn't really much to do. It's either you're just hanging around and just doing stuff and causing trouble. But I think that elevated the idea of just doing something. Um, so kind of dance kind of started from kind of school, and then from school I had kind of a community hall um, like a youth club that I used to that that I found from a friend who told me oh there's something that's going on every week. So I used to go to kind of that. Um, I was kind of doing music there. And then also kind of I met like a, a really great uh, friend called Charlene Carter, who she basically introduced me into dance. She just said, uh, come, just just try this dance thing in it. Like, I think you might like you got some few moves. I said, yeah, yeah. Like, I tried it and stuff. Um, just like, come yeah, get your boogie on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, it was like, yeah, just, just come dance. But basically from there, so like I, I basically made this made this company through it through a basically a youth club through like just kind of meeting people because everyone used to just come through the youth club and people had nothing to do so it was just like let's make some dance stuff and let's just you know do stuff um so that's where i kind of met a lot of um friends a lot of people and i basically started I, like i lived in i lived in dagenham for uh i was born in dagenham lived in dagenham for, for quite a long time so that's where i kind of started the foundation of a company it was like basically just in a youth club practicing every day after school um mm -hmm. And then from then I kind of started to apply for different platforms and like, meet different people and start to kind of travel when I had the money. And I think that's, that's the, for me, in very short terms, that's the kind of like how I started, really starting a company. It started in a small place um, to now kind of great beginning. So it's, it's yeah, it's probably some of it. Well, no, well, thanks very much for even condensing it, but that's definitely worth a Netflix documentary or something. So Netflix, if you're listening, or <laughs> PBS or HBO, let's really expand on this yeah. and also get the visuals working as well. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Torben, so what was, how did you get to where from where? Yeah, so I'm from a, I'm from a town called Andover, which is a, a small town sort of southwest of London, um, sort of near Basingstoke and all that. It's a small yeah. Hampshire, Hampshire town. Which, um uh, doesn't have a lot going on to say the least um so i moved out when i was 18 19 i moved to uh moved to london in with a, a friend of mine who was a dancer he went to he'd moved to kingston in london um to study dance and it's one of these things that i didn't really realize until uh quite recently like on reflection i started to think why i've I always thought that i sort of fell into the dance theater world and it's just like a, a circumstance of um just like just luck and just coincidence that i happened to be around these dancers that needed music and uh i've always like been making uh some just beats from when i was 15 16 and now i sort of reflect on it a bit more and i realize that um i've always had an interest in movement and my best friend that i met in my hometown that, that moved to kingston we bonded over dance like he would 
when we go to parties together when we we're like 15 16 he'd be the he'd be like popping and whatever and i'd like learn all this like crit walking from youtube videos and like that absolute <laughs> loser he's doing all that crit walking which you know i mean culturally questionable now i probably shouldn't have been done in any of that but um you know you live and you learn and then so uh i think at a certain point i probably dropped the dance so i, I probably felt a bit uncomfortable in my skin at a certain point growing up. I think it felt like I was a bit too gangly or whatever. And I said, like, okay, actually I've lost the confidence to dance. I always enjoyed it. So I'll make the music. Um, but yeah, just um, because of being around him and then obviously he moved to study dance and being around dancers almost exclusively. Um, I must, must have realized that there's something drawing me to that energy, that sort of uh, that communication with movement. And so, uh, from there, I just uh, started mingling with more dancers and then had the opportunity to meet Botis and then started doing pieces of work for people's university pieces as they were finishing uni while I was working in the coffee shops in Kingston and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think um, generally speaking, it was just the, the the desire to get out of my hometown was one of the biggest things, the big motivation, because there's just absolutely nothing going on there and to 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 find some sort of way to express something that you can't you're trying to figure out something for yourself and i think i think the music and the movement as i've realized now have been one of the things that i've trying to figure out something for myself within mm. it's like you're trying to answer a question of yourself and these are the only two mediums i know how to do it in. like keep mm. trying to answer every piece that i do you know mm. That's amazing, man. Um, reference to your Crip stuff back then, absolutely fine. Never really could pull it off, but I'm, I'm Caribbean heritage, so I'm more concentrated on catching a wine. So I'm fine with that rather than just like dancing around, like throwing hand signals and such. But culturally appropriate, it was for the time as it is, and we are more inclusive than most. Young, dumb, 13, 14 year old. I mean, what, what else is there to do? You're discovering the world and these trends. I mean, I'm also a bit like, slightly older than you guys, so your, your generation is completely different with the sense of of where you're exposed to with how social media and the internet was growing mm. so don't feel no way yes i've got some stuff that i look back to and you cringe but it is <laughs> makes it makes what makes you yeah. feel alive it's like that cold brisk on the back of your you know yeah, your you neck don't understand you... by everything you've done yeah no <laughs> like, just leave it especially council culture leave it yeah. um <laughs> right so because what i'm because there's also the company that i want to get into because you actually started that from 19 which is very very entrepreneur entrepreneurship i think maybe or mm -hmm. you know just that five brain thinking i think is the term that the kids say that these these days but what i'm also more interested to at first of all is how did y'all meet what was, how did that connection happen what you know was it one of, did you guys have, have one of those funny kind of stories where it's kind of like oh you know miss this this or was it just right of circumstances <laughs> environment um i think bose has probably got a better memory than me i've, I've famously got a horrible memory um uh, What's your memory? I, can't, I, can't I can't remember the first time we met, oh. no, but I, I know that how we met it would have been through Botus's now partner, um, Lee and uh, yeah. and producer, superwoman extraordinaire. She, uh, um, she's she's uh, an amazing person, and she uh, she was at the time when I met her, she was dating my friend that I moved to, to London with, and I ended up producing her final dance university piece um and i suppose probably a year or two after that she met you and mm. you changed her life 
<laughs> and then uh, I think she, she said, oh, I know a guy because you're probably looking to, to produce something. I can't remember what piece it was. I don't know. I don't really remember the first meeting. Honestly. Yeah, it was, I think, <laughs> yeah, it was basically that was it. Like, I think it, it was, no, I, I think I sent you, yeah, Lee played me some stuff and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, got this show coming up that we were just kind of doing in, in Dagenham every year. I was like, oh, yeah, just... Just, I'll send him. I'll send him. I think I sent you like an email or something. I said, like, and I said, oh yeah, I got this idea. Um, mm-hmm. I think like, what do you think? Like, can you make some stuff? Do you remember what set? piece it was? Or no? I think so. I think it was. There was two pieces. It was like we you done a remix to um, um, uh, Black Skinhead, like Kanye West's track. You, oh, you, yeah. you, you remix that, and yeah. you done like another track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, this yeah. Is sick, you know these things we said about earlier about like not standing by some of the things you've made in the past. <laughs> This is one of those. This is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said it back to me at one point. I was like, I don't recognize that. Like, brother, you made this. <laughs> well, that's the thing that I don't know. What's, well, well, thanks very much for sharing that. Maybe I should start with first of all. But it's like, um, like so many connections just happen so humbly and sometimes so naturally that you know it comes to a point. It's like, oh wait a minute, how did we actually connect and how did we actually end up here? And we're still kind of just pushing forward and doing our thing. So. When you know how certain people kind of blow it out of proportion, that it's like, yo, no, this is you know, this has to happen like this, and then this person happened, and this helped me break rather than kind of like, well, look, my guy's doing this, I know this person that's doing that, and it's just natural networking. It's still mm-hmm. for me one of the best and organic ways on how to build long standing relationships, which is obviously proof in the pudding here. But right, but this far from the norm, man, because mm-hmm. you mentioned already lightly about starting the company, but I mean, from 19 what was the influence to say you know what i need to make sure i've got a company from here in order for my next steps going forward yeah um i would say it's my mom like i think my mom kind of uh, now nah, it's because it's like culturally like dancing isn't a thing um that it doesn't do, it doesn't really do anything it doesn't it doesn't really bring any like value into the household um so i think it was important when i when i said i wasn't going to that's like, my mom i only went to so i went to like college i did a year and i went to another three years but I kind of dropped out and then I was meant to go to university. And then when I told my mom that I wasn't going to university and I was going to be at a youth club dancing, she was just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was not convinced, man. She, she, she was just like, this is, this is not going to, this is not going to work. Like, so in my head, I was like, I have to start young and I have to just, I have to just basically do this thing. I have to do it. Like she has to know that this is possible. Um, I think also the whole point of starting a company quite young was, um, at the time, I feel like even now, there isn't that much places to go to if you haven't studied. I think coming from right. hip hop, street dance, um, that's what I knew. Like I was just watching like stuff on YouTube or not even YouTube, I was watching stuff like You Got Served and this stuff and I was trying to copy mm. all of that stuff. And I think education of trying to go to like a contemporary school, which I was getting pushed at to go to quite a lot. Um, one thing I just, I, I didn't resonate with the training of contemporary dance. I didn't really think it is, the value of it in my body doesn't work like it doesn't i can't really point my feet i don't know those techniques they don't they don't sit in they don't sit well with me so it's like the only thing i could do was basically start uh start something and i think i, I draw other people who were also in the same boat who said i don't really want to go training i just want to you know hip-hop is training we train we train this thing we do it literally every day that is our training and i think it doesn't have the same value as ballet or contemporary because people don't see it as elite but if you spend hours in a space for like eight hours every day that's pure training and I think that's, that's the attitude that I wanted to bring with this, with the company. Slightly young was just the idea that there's nothing out there. Do it yourself um, and make something out of it. You know, like you don't have to, 
there's billions of kids, man. There's kids in the world. We can't all go to school. It's impossible to, mm. all, go to, to, to all go study. And if, if we if we all go in that same route, route, then I think we're just you're creating like not clowns. I'm not saying disrespectful. You're just creating like a, what's it called? Uh, you're creating the same people. And I think for me, it was about trying to do something that feels different and that feels authentic in where I was living at the time as well. So. Yeah, I think it's just important, man. Just for especially for our generation now, it's people are now just doing their thing. You see, like with record labels now, with music industries who are creating their own labels. I think I take that inspiration as well. Is that people are they just they're saying yes? I just want to do it myself now, and I think that's mm. we need more of that a little bit. So, yeah. Just for clarification, B, when you say clowns, you meant clones, yeah? Um, clowns is in like a, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe clones. Yeah. Yeah. Clowns. I think not clowns. <laughs> I would have called it. I just went to this guy is called everyone like... in university a clown. <laughs> Yes. No, 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 Disclaimer, these views and opinions expressed by... Yeah, 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 I mean, I mean clothes, clothes, sorry, I say clothes, just in case everyone starts to get out of me, I start to cancel me already. That's nah, fine, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll see in the edits of where I should just leave that out to kind of save your grace, but no, we get what you mean, 100%. You're right, though, it's like a lot of people follow certain trends or go down certain funnels really and they really tunnel themselves into a specific outcome and then they wonder when they're not the first on the, the train why they're the ones not getting as much you know feedback or as response as those who have jumped on it at the beginning but mm. it's once again it's what's their environment how open are they to new experiences trying new things like one of the key things i've been saying to a lot of my local and uh, well sorry not local but you know um, my so my circle of friends especially those who are trying to do their own thing because i set up my own com well my own company high creativity i design my own t-shirts i do dj i do these other bits is like look you know follow your life is like a tree really and um the best way to look at it is your experiences are like the branches and every branch has additional branches which create new branches and then a leaf pops up so that could be the end result of one thing you've explored but if you limit how you go and the routes you choose to take then you you're really going to miss out on a lot as they a lot mm. of people say like and they really say this in a lot of and it's, it's hard to comprehend when you're younger but when they do say it's not about the the destination it's about the journey that really does resonate but it's not until like you're saying you had a chance um torben to reflect you're like it's like wow actually now when i really think about it i just really feel so immersed in the sense of music and movement then with you then you know Bottis is like you know what i don't see anyone you know with the stuff that we do there isn't actually a said syllabus on network it's like there isn't mm. a kind of a b and c and how do we get here so then you then you know try to create something which you've done and then you go forward so but anyways that's me just putting my two pence in um yeah. with some of the amazing yeah, stuff you guys are doing very well articulated i think i think that's very very true so, um, and with you then now, Torben, because you're now seen as one of the leading figures of, in the UK hip hop dance theatre, as it's been, you know, so us in our notes and such. But what's crazy is that you work in, <laughs> you, you have worked with the Scottish Dance Theatre, you know, National Youth Dance Company, um, Danza, Contemporina, The Cuba. Like, I mean, I would, um, and even working with Matthew Robertson um, with the um, the Verve, bruh accolades or accolades <laughs> or accolades but um, so i mean in in a sense what was it i mean what's what's the journey being like you know working with you know don't have to get into all of them but maybe the ones that stick out the most you know what is it being like working with the scottish dance theater and you know the national youth dance company and providing a lot of these audible experiences not just for the audience but for the dancers as well yeah um I think um, one of the key themes in my career has been, um, and maybe this is a, quite a lesson to those wondering if, whether they can do anything, 
is often saying yes to opportunities when they arise and then just sort of figuring it out along the way. But like, yeah, mm. I could definitely do that and being like, how the hell do I do this? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and they sort of figuring it out on the way. And I think that's a super, super valuable um, sort of approach to take um, within limits, obviously. But I think a lot of people feel as if they can't do something or this people like them shouldn't be able to do something. And I think that, uh, I should say, first and foremost, I think that's one of the things that's made it possible for me to do things um, and uh, and work with a lot of different people. And I think the other thing to, to highlight is just, I, I'm very self-critical. I don't always think I make the best music in the world. I always try to, but I always mm. don't achieve it. But I know the one thing's for sure is I know that I'm very good to work with. I think that's uh, one of the things that I try to take forward through all these people that I work with, all these different companies and things like this. Um, I think that I've sort of established a reputation of someone who's quite sensitive to collaboration and mm. is very, uh, I'm very open to other people's uh, points of view. And then we might get onto it later, but the collaboration between POTUS and I is very, very, it's very collaborative. Like uh, his input is mm. absolutely paramount to all the music that gets made. Um, but yeah, to, to kind of more pointedly on, answer the question, um, which I have actually forgotten, is that <laughs> how, no, I was just how asking about, yeah, you know, like what was your journey being like, you know, in the experience of working with all of these, you know, great, you know, companies. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, been, it's just, I, I almost can't believe it every time that I get to work with somebody new. Like, it's just, I can't believe that I get to carry on doing this. And that's what the experience is like. So, and just really, really blessed to be able to work in these environments where people are putting themselves really on the line and work. And, and that's what I, that's what I feel about dance in general. It's, a, it's, it's, it's really uh, inspiring to watch. And I think that's one of the big motivations to keep going is watching dancers move is so inspiring because they're, they train, they train hard. Harder than, far from the Norm Bowes' group is, trains harder than any, any, um, any group I've ever seen, any athletes, anyone. And they really put themselves on the line. And that's, um, that's something that is, is very motivating for me to, to try and put my best into, into the work to do them justice, you know? Mm. Um, and I think the, the, I tried to do as many different, um, and work with many different people because I like to explore the bounds of my artistic expression. I think when we grow up, especially if you're like a producer, uh, you grow up listening to lots of producers and you see that they have very definable, definable styles and sounds. Mm -hmm. And you start to, when you realize that you don't really have that growing up, because you end up, you, you grow up and you're sort of just copying other people's beats. Like for the longest time, I was just basically copying uh, an LA producer called Exile, just straight up, just like biting his stuff for ages. Um, but it's like a necessary part of the process but I feel like a lot of people would doubt themselves because they think, oh, what, what's my artistic expression? Why? Like, I'm just copying everyone else and where am I going to find to get my sound from? And I don't know if that's necessarily uh, the right way to think about it, or at least it wasn't in my my journey. Mm. I thought, that, you know what? I'm not the same person when I'm around everyone. I, you, you, you morph a little bit depending on the kind of company that you keep, and that's just a natural thing. It's, and you are the what? what you are with somebody else is the relationship between the two of you. Cause you're not the same with your, your parents as you are with your friends. So you, you change. And I sort of thought that was an important thing to keep in mind artistically as I moved and worked with different people. And it's, this is more feathers in, in your cap, you know, like it's, this is how I want to sound when I'm with this 
rumors how I want to sound when I'm in here and I really want to find the bounds of what I can do uh, musically and, and develop myself. So that's one of the, uh, the things that I love about working with such vast varieties of dance, like from hip hop to, to contemporary as well. And, and also like flying the flag of hip hop within the contemporary world as well. So then like, so it doesn't always have to be, uh, I don't know, super abstract uh, drone music for contemporary music uh, I don't know, I'm quite <laughs> but um you can have something with a hip-hop bass you know some something with a bit of rhythm something with a groove and say like you can make something that's beautiful and abstract but to to something that has some, some hip-hop fundamentals in there as well with some soul as i'll call it but also <laughs> thanks very much for sharing as well but um some real wise words there so for everyone listening or watching just take what he's just said and apply that to all things because <laughs> even kind of made me think because I, I forget sometimes how flexible I am as well with the when I work with other people or I'm treating mm -hmm. each person as a unique entity rather than you know what this is what I've learned this is how I've learned it so you know here you go yeah. and if you don't get it it's not my fault or if I you don't like what I'm doing yeah I mm -hmm. think it's uh, I think it's uh, a mistake to think of yourself as being necessarily inauthentic if you're not exactly the same person in every scenario and every collaborative thing because you can't be uh -huh. you are what the, the relationship between you and sort of two people like it's you're just going to morph and, and you shouldn't beat yourself up i think if you're not exactly the same person as you were with with this person because it's just not possible boss that's what i'm gonna say boss um <laughs> right and so with you now bottis because you've You've won some really crazy like awards. Is it the Olivier? Is that how it's pronounced? Because there's too yeah. many eyes for it to be Oliver, so I'm guessing it's Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> and also an avant-garde as well. I mean, your accolades are just as impressive as um, Torben, so the connection makes sense now. Um, and we will definitely get into your guys' collaborations as well, and even your BBC um, COVID uh, mashup as well, which is I'm really interested to get into. But anyways, yo, dog, so... How did how was that whole process and preparing in order to win these you know amazing awards and having that on your resume? Yeah, like you don't you don't you never prepare to win. Um, <laughs> I think especially was, I, I didn't even know that. Like, I do that. I, I never knew that the Olivier existed in terms of I didn't like. I would never hear of it because it's like it's just something that probably just happens. But I think when we got nominated, we got nominated for it for the the show that we're doing called Black Dog. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, I was just kind of in shock a little bit with, I think winning an award was a bit like, I don't know, it, it took it took me a lot to kind of reflect on like the reasons of obviously winning it and kind of just receiving an award. But I think it made me just realise the, just the amount of work that you put. And sometimes when, when you look at the amount of work, sometimes you, you just look in the present, but then um, just looking back of like where I kind of started, and I, I, I kind of reflected a lot back of, of just spending a lot of times in, in the youth club and the community in the community hall, like consistently that all of that work has come to like winning this award, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I think for a lot of people who thought that we won an award, they just felt like, oh yeah, you're going to start getting loads of these jobs and stuff. That never really happened. I think it, it, just, it, just, it, it just gave us, it gave, I think it gave the culture the existence of like yeah you can be on a big stage you can do you can use hip-hop like hip-hop can be on that stage and uh, a lot of young people can see that and be like oh it's possible because when i researched about the award i think it's like it's been 10 years since someone of hip-hop has won it and that's a long time oh, wow you know it's 10, 10 years is a, is a long um I, when i when i heard that i was like the concept of like 10 years of like yeah. no 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 hip-hop well hip-hop hip people have been, have been nominated but i haven't won so i just mm. felt a little bit like 
you know, it's all been ballet and hip hop. It's all been, I mean, sorry, it's all been, sorry, it's all been ballet and contemporary dance. Like it, it hasn't been any, yeah, like anything that's inspired by hip hop or street dance. And I think for me, it's, yeah, something has to change. It just made sense of like, what, it shouldn't take 10 years for hip hop to be on stage. But um, but it's, for me, it's amazing. I don't really see them as, I just see them as great achievements and mm-hmm. it's for the, it's for the working hard and also for the dancers who put, who put their blood, blood, sweat and tears into it. So yeah, yeah man. Yeah, um, definitely. And also, once again, 10 years. Um, regardless, we've we done it again, though, for real, all for the culture. And we got to thank yeah. you for that, Boris. Uh, it's all you, bro. Um, but also in the case of that, because obviously even to get up to this point of when, you know, Black Dog was um, originally released, I believe it was in 2019. Yeah. Um, you also, you know, you've you've toured a lot as well. Like, even in the case of um, with Norway and Aero Waves, you with the urban, sorry, the urban movies in Oslo, Norway. Um, you've you know traveled to Denmark. You've done the Greenwich Docklands International Festivals, Norfolk. Not you know, once again, just a, a great list of things. What was, I suppose, it's just asking the same sort of thing. Like, what did you kind of you know learn from those experiences? What did you gain from those experiences? And you know, life of being you know a road well being on the road, taking your, your hip hop dance to the world. Mm. Um, I think I learned something about, I think, wait, how, how can I explain it? I think pe- people love you more outside than when you're in London. And I think that's just, re- that's just a reality. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, that's, 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 just about that's what I think anyway. I think, that, I, I think that's just true, right? Because it, it's, <laughs> I think maybe because people also, people, it's the comfortability people, if you're in London, people obviously know you. And I think it's, it's, this is not a bad thing, but it's just you, I think the traveling and the going out, I think I just learned a lot from like just how people watch your work or how people talk about it. Um, just like a different understanding, different perspective. And it just makes you realize that the world is the world is just super big. Sometimes, obviously, I, I also get comfortable in the idea of just London. Um, but then you realize that just just around the world, people, there's so many different fits, so many different places um, and stuff that you learn. But um, to be fair, it's, now it feels more just a blessing to travel because we've, we've recently just like come back. Um, we were, we were up in Slovenia and then Amsterdam, and then we traveled to Greece as well to, to do the show. Mm-hmm. And I think just doing that, I was just like, uh, even traveling during the COVID time, like COVID times and how things are now, you just realize that to just get out of the country is, is like a big step in stone of a blessing. And I think every tour day that we do, and I say to the dancers, like you have to give, it's almost like this is like your last show. And I think that's how the dancers mm-hmm. now take it. It's like, if it could be the last show, then it might be another year of not doing anything again. So it's, we just need to, yeah, we just need to acknowledge those blessings that we have and, um, yeah, just utilize them and just do, do the best possible. So yeah, for me, it's great. Mm. Traveling, traveling is good. It's good. I do like it. Nice though. I think it's just like it's. Um, are you are, are you not the only person to ever said that that outside of their own kind of, especially like major places like you know um, London, New York, and a lot of people say as soon as you kind of leave, then you seem to get like a different level of energy. But I guess that's also because, especially here for us in the UK we're spoiled here in London, like in most cases. And also, I mean, I know King, I know Kingston very well. I used, um, used to work up there, but then, you know, I used to work in Richmond as well. But then even thinking the journey, the spaces, they're not, they, they are walkable, but not, we're talking like, that's you said to yourself, I'm going for a walk today kind of business. Cause it's not like a 10 minute, but as soon as you get, then start getting past like the Richmond areas or you start to get more into the city, and you start going into your zones three and two, then now mm. everything starts to congregate together. Now you're finding bunches and you know loads of great different creative outlets. Like you've got Shoreditch, you've got your Camdens, you know, you've got your mm. South Bank, you've got all of these amazing places where creatives literally just get together, people just come out to do their own thing, and then 
as long as you're a social, well, you have the ability social skills, should we say, or at least just be able to say hi, or I don't know, maybe create a Tinder app or some sort. But you'll you'll find some, you'll find some, you'll find someone, and I'm sure something will, you know, sort of develop from there, if anything. Um, but this is now cracking into the, you know, the black dog, black dog part of the um the pod, which is also one of the main reasons why you're here as well, because you guys are now officially back on this year. Um, which is amazing. I'm, I'm actually going to try and get out to see you. Like, no, because oh, I saw, I, I saw, I saw, seeing you guys, saw you guys previews. I'm not gonna lie, I'm slightly gassed. I don't know why the sound, <laughs> like you said, Torben's filling the room with the sounds. You're hearing that boom, that soul. Then watching you guys all like, oh, dog, like I'm sorry, I get, I get, because I can't do all that stuff, and I'm a proper hip hop head. Like I'm all for all culture, though, from the graffiti to the DJ to the b boy and b geller to the to all of this. So when I'm seeing this, I'm just like, oh god, this is kind of cold, man. This feels like a like some real phantom of the you know like the hip hop opera kind of thing, but it's all kind of flex, you know. I wouldn't half expect someone to come out with a half face, you know. I'm just playing, it, but <laughs> so guys, if you don't want, so how did so uh, how did the whole black dog um project all come together let's start let's start with that what, what was the inspiration well i've heard i've seen what you got your inspiration from but i'd like you to to break down the whole process if you don't mind gentlemen yeah i mean you're gonna have to go first with that one b <laughs> the whole process of black dog um now to keep it to keep it simple it is and it, yeah to keep it blunt and simple in, in, in a good way uh, the main inspiration is is my son um he was oh. born he was um he's four years old now, he just started school today, which is emotional. Oh, An emotional today. Time. oh my god, yeah, first day. Congratulations. Oh, like, listen, that's like a that's another thing, man. I know they cried about that, man. Four years old, oh, man. Gosh. But um now it's been like yes, like he I think he was he was born in 2017, um, and then made the piece in 2018. So the reflection was a lot of I think when he was born, it was just the idea of um I loved him so much and then it got to like a certain point where I was just like I don't I don't really know how to basically just the simple thing I, I don't know how to love like I don't know how to love another human being um and, and give that kind of same love back and I think I struggled just with the idea of uh, yeah like growing up growing up growing up without a father and just kind of those loads of those emotions start to kind of kick in and be like oh why wasn't my dad around or, or you know like maybe he could have loved him more and, and these kind of concepts start flicking in my head so I uh -huh. uh, just that kind of started coming up with this idea of the show in terms of I was um I came across a book called Shoot the Damn Dog and it's basically it's a book by um, a woman called Sally Brampton who uh -huh. she wrote this book she suffered depression she wrote this book and then uh and then she and then she committed suicide I think like two years after she wrote this book didn't she also I think, up, wasn't she part of L as well in 1985 wasn't she didn't she help create that I think I saw some blurb about her as well I'm not too sure I'm not too sure what's that what, what, I'm not too sure I'm not too sure. But anyway, sorry, don't mean to stop the flow. Anyways, so, 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 so anyway, so yeah, she went through a stint of depression and such, and then um, apparently, well, we'll need to we'll fact check the last bit. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> alright. But yeah, so I like yeah, I think picking up that I ran basically I ran and picked up that book, and it was called it was obviously called the Black Dog, and that's where the, obviously the name came from. And I was like, oh, okay, let me. I started looking more into kind of the Black Dog and concepts behind it. Um, a lot of it had kind of concepts behind depression. Like the the black dog of like Churchill, he, he this he always had this figure of a black dog kind of around him, and, and depression was kind of haunting him. Um, so then I think the idea about haunting and black dog and depression, and obviously the level the level of rate of like suicide was it's it's always been high. It's not it's not like it, it it's a new thing, but I think all of these emotions of like fatherhood of people losing their lives of depression of someone someone writing a book who who 
seems like she's okay that she's come out the other end, but then two years later she commits suicide. Like it's very all of those emotions you can't explain. So I just for me, I was like, okay, I need to find a way to um, oh. just illustrate. Like, how do I illustrate this? How do I talk about this? Um, so yeah, it was just it was a long development of, of writing it. I started just writing concepts and ideas, um, and then we basically started. We started to to somehow make this show. Tolva can talk about the other st- how it because <laughs> it's a long it's a long journey. Yeah, yeah. I think we we probably started with quite a few conversations about. Um, about the some general concepts and obviously the I think when we talk about making pieces we don't talk explicitly about the subject matter that we're trying to talk about but we talk mm-hmm. we talk about actually our, our personal experiences and how they and we start working with those um, and uh, I think the actual in terms of the production of the piece it started off with both sending me loads of different ideas of very abstract scenes and images it sends me a lot of images which is very helpful for me because obviously uh, eventually we're making something that's going to be seen uh, a very visual element so i really need lots of um, art to look at and uh, things like those to inspire me so and then and then there's just a sort of very 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 abstract sort of scenes sort of, uh, and and contradicting uh, messages but this is a, it's amazing at being uh, very specific, but also uh, contradictory, and and um, <laughs> or, or in the way that makes his work so great is be like, okay, I, this is the, this is the main phrase that we use. And it's like, okay, this I want this to sound like this, and but it has to feel like they're I don't know underground, and it's got to be how do we make this hip hop, but it's got to have no hip hop in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds easy okay. enough. <laughs> right, yeah. I work I work on the underground hip hop, non hip hop thing. Got it. And I imagine if everything was like purple, I'm like, okay, cool, perfect. Uh, <laughs> and just like all these kind of uh these things. And it's and, I mean he's he's an amazing, amazing creative mind and they're incredibly helpful. And it's just what comes out is my interpretation of of those <laughs> of those ideas. And yeah, we just the, the the process started with lots of different little um what seemed like disjointed little scenes which eventually uh as the process goes on we sort to we start to understand how they're connected because a lot of these are things they come they come from somewhere or these little ideas that Boas is giving me mm. um and they might seem like they don't connect but as we develop the piece we learn how they connect and i think oh, that's okay. um, yeah, yeah that's because it's that's sort of like you're just going off into like creative instinct and this mm. uh, and i think these things just come up and it's just like you go blah and these are the things that i want to explore and you don't understand them yet like and mm. that's why i think we don't really talk explicitly about the subject matter what we're trying to trying to convey because we don't necessarily know what we're trying to convey specifically but we have a feeling and i think as we make the piece we start to start to learn how the how the narratives come together because there really wasn't I think you can correct me if if I'm if I'm wrong, but I don't think that there was no real sense of narrative, especially in the first version of Black Dog. There was real, really no narrative, and that's something that oh, yeah. I, I feel like we discovered that later. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's cool. No, I like because I like I like the whole process um, and how you guys have broken it down because it is very it is very fluid, but it's also then relying. You guys have a very really great relationship and it's a very unique relationship as well because it's the fact of knowing that it's like look Torben I need this to feel purple right <laughs> um and it's like the same way it's like if I was to, if I was to say to someone it's like what does purple taste like you know most people be like oh grape 
or great drank. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do you create the feeling of purple? I mean, don't be mm-hmm. wrong. One of my favorite tracks from Nas is the color, um, color purple. I believe it's called mm-hmm. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, that's just that's so interesting because it's not it's not like you got and everyone's got their own creative process. I think that's the thing uh, which a lot of people need to kind of pull away from in the creative world is that a lot of old more older teachings say in order for us to do these things you need to do it as an abc you know your three sets or you depending on what you're doing your three stages you know beginning middle end or um this is the way you produce something or this is the way you put things together rather than being like okay i've been inspired off this book which touches on to depression which is also a very big thing in mental health especially within uh, well just all communities but definitely within the black communities as well because we know because this is going to be coming out within you know black history month so by the time mm-hmm. this airs and there's a very big stigma sort of around of being the whole thing of just tough it up and get along with it mm-hmm. almost kind of we get where it resonates from and the whole fact that you know someone have to work you know free up three more jobs more so than someone else to gain the same amount now mm-hmm. there is a lot of cloak and dagger stuff with this i guess everybody wants an impact because once again you know you had the, you had your greats like your martins um who worked with all communities because his whole thing was and that's sorry martin um luther king jr so in case no one jumps on my back about that but he also it was anyone who was poor and he was actually uniting and even like the black panther party same thing again it was just who was who was poor and who was without that was the whole mm. thing about how we kind of come together and try to create these things but in your sense, when you read the book, um, how did it make you really kind of, because I know you wanted to convey this feeling with Black Dog, which, um, you know, once again, I completely see, I kind of get that whole feel to. What feelings did you get through? Could you relate to some of these things that the the author was expressing or the way that the mental paths were, went? Or was it more of a kind of, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was kind of like that? Um, yeah, I think I, I resonated a lot because when you're reading the book, you, you, you're reading basically pain. <laughs> and that's, that's what hurts. Cause it's like, cause some of the stuff that she, she writes in there, um, you're reading it. You're just like, ah, oh, I don't, I'm not sure if she's, she's still okay. Like the, obviously you can't come come out of the cave knowing that you've just gone through this de- depressive state. Um, but I think it was, it was just, I think a lot of it starts to come with a lot of imagery and I was just like, we're not really, I think the main thing for me when I was reading, it, I was like, well, basically we're not really okay. It's just, it's just that just because she, she, she wrote this book, it doesn't mean that she's, everything is sorted out. It's just that she's, she's just, again, she's, she's an artist. So she's just trying to find a way to express it. Um, but even what we're all trying to do as artists, we're trying to find a way to express certain things. But it doesn't mean mm. after we finish a piece of work that all of those feelings go away. It's either, sometimes it could be worse. So I think it's about, it's about is that is that checking within ourselves as humans is like when we are making a piece of work like what is at the end of it what do I as the artist uh, mentally how do I come out of something and I think that's kind of I I learned a lot from just reading that book and it's crazy because I only got I got halfway and I stopped it because it was a bit too deep. I stopped it, man. I was just like because it was like it's, it's dark, man. It's just like completely. Mm. At the time I was reading it, I was trying to make a show. Plus, when I look after my son as well, it was just like I was reading it. At the, I was reading it almost not at the wrong time, but it's just certain times when I was reading it, it just wasn't. It's not a motivational book. It's like a yeah. I, yeah, know, I kind of got the I got get the yeah. feeling. I actually I never got around to reading it. I always felt I was a bit worried worried to read it because I worried if it was like a a ring situation because you know well, she wrote the book and then and then she ended up taking her own life. I was worried, man, if I don't know if you read this, are you gonna? 
it's, it's, it's crazy because I was um, I only knew that she took her own life because I was going to invite her to come to watch a show at Saturday. So I went to like search her up and it's just like, yeah, well, it just said like, uh, just commit suicide. And I was like, oh, I'm not, like it's because I, I was almost excited to like read, like just reading half it. I was like, yeah, I would love to just no. come watch and give your feedback. But it was just kind of a weird. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, so I was just, well, I'm obviously just, so I now remember, so she actually had part in the creating of the NL in the UK in 1985. Um, and also, yeah, so basically from a lot of the reviews, because I, by the time that I've got, you know, got we got confirmed, I didn't have enough time to read through it to kind of get at least a little bit of a an idea. But I do understand from someone who has suffered from you know, deep depressions and things of that nature, just from, you know, several things. Anyone who watches the pod knows that I've, I freely talk about it, but near-death experience almost like last year with a combination of things, then you've, you know, just general sort of upbringing. But it's a lot, a lot of the things that you internalize, like for instance, like I, I have a heavy internal monologue where other people may not, because I'm always having to kind of confirm to myself, like, okay, is that right? Is that wrong? Whatever, whatever. That mean I'm crazy. Or well, in fact, it might be, I don't know. Us creatives are every color underneath the spectrum and everything beyond. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that like, I can understand where you, there's a point where you had to stop because there's a point in a rabbit hole. Once you go down that, go, go down that far, it's hard to kind of see, it's hard to unsee something, some of those things, or even sometimes it's even hard to kind of relate because sometimes you have to put yourself in within that person's mind state especially in a book so you depending on how you how you appeal um depending on how you resonate with it depends completely on how you're gonna come out on the other end of it but from the clips that i've seen and we've just gone through your website so make sure everybody checks that out as well so that's um www.blkdog just in case you're trying to spell black dog as in b-l-a-c-k it's b-l-k-d-o-g we're keeping it street.co.uk find your all your information and get your tickets from there as well but you seem to have captured it from the images and that's what i get there's like it seems because you're using like the um the cap kind of hoodie you know what what, what, what in fact better yet let's go into that quickly what inspired the whole um wardrobe how did the, what what made you put the wardrobe together as such um i'm, I'm happy you said cap you know because in all the reviews it's always about hooded figures who are killing people but um <laughs> what? okay yeah, is, some, of the, some of the reviews we get it's just yeah it's the way it is but um yeah the caps is um for me it's because i'm not really i'm i'm quite yeah i don't know I don't really speak as much when I'm around people. And like most of the times I always like just want to be away from a lot of people. Like I just want to be mm. in my headspace. And the whole idea of the cap just came from being in, um, if you were kind of in your own head, hearing your own thoughts, um, the way you talk to, the way you talk to yourself. Um, I think working with a costume designer, Ryan, Ryan Light, who was the costume designer for it. That was kind of the first idea. I was like, yeah, I just see this cap. And originally I think it was like a, um, it was like a, an RAF like flight cap. Yeah, it looks um, like one of those ones with the jacket where you used to wear with the jackets and such. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, uh, I've got a question for you, boys. Relating to this, has that you know that sample that that um, that clip that we did use early on from the guy flying the plane? Yes. Was that was that part of the inspiration for that? Because that's that's a connection that I made when I when I see ah, the the pilot yes. caps. I was like, ah, oh, this is sort of a reference to that clip of that man that was flying. Um, He's sort of like, what did he, he hijack the plane? Oh no, did he even hijack mm -hmm. it? I think he was a pilot and then he uh, recorded I think a voice saying like, um, I guess I'm, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to crash it now. Yeah, I'm going to crash it now. Yeah. negotiate him to, to land or something. Yeah, I think 
probably may have been because I think because I heard it, it probably during the time I already heard it, we were talking, yeah. we were having conversations with the cap as well. So I think it's also a lot with, yeah, I think because it, it came from a lot with flying and, and being, you know, flying to another space and, and going to this new dimension yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a sense. So I think it's, yeah, it comes a lot from flying and also just being being trapped in your head in it, which is not a nice feeling sometimes. Because mm, the, the story basis behind it, I also find is quite interesting as well, where it's the actual fact it's about a child star who's then now growing into adult, I believe is the way it was explained. And then it's him mm. trying to regain that child stardom that they once felt. So what made you then, is that because like you said, is it because of your son that you wanted to kind of imbue this and kind of saw it as a grander level? Or did you think, you know what, I'm fed up of these Logan Pauls and Justin Bieber's and the industry turning, <laughs> turning them out like nothing without knowing what happens later on down the line when they don't make it? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber, you know? <laughs> He did all right. Just... I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he did good. He went. He went off. He, yeah, yeah. That's not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not that. He's doing. He, fame. He's doing well. He's fine. He's, he's doing well. <laughs> um, um, I think the childhood stuff definitely came from my son. I think he, because um, again, like how, how free he is in terms of like the way he runs. Like sometimes you get a little bit jealous because you're just like, oh, you're just running with no care. Like you don't <laughs> see. You you don't know what's on this side. Like my side. Um, <laughs> And sometimes, you, not that you envy it, but you just realise that. Um, and I think uh, even now, just because he, even he's, he's four years old and, and the, the amount of stuff that he takes in or like stuff that he watches or stuff that he sees, mm. um, I can see you know, when I was young in terms of the house, how, the amount of stuff that affected me growing up and the stuff that I listened to or watched or heard my mum say and whatever. Um, I think so. in Black Dog, it does, it does play a big part of, of trying to, regain some of the childhood's memories and then some of the great memories that you had and the negative memories that come back uh, really do affect you in terms of like just trauma that kids go through with it, mm. with it is stuff like rape and some kids don't understand how to deal with those emotions when they grow up and they know they've been through that so it's and in Black Dog we do speak about that that we, we would look at, at those traumas and like we figure a way to try to get out of them and it's and the saddest thing is sometimes you just you can't get out because it's happened to you but it's like how what is is there another way for you um, and that's the question. That's the question that asks a lot in the show. It's like, what when you get to the end of the show, like, where where do we go now? Where do we go from here? So, yeah, it's a lot of questions. I think a lot of questions that we ask the audience and also ask ourselves is like, where are we? Yeah, where do we go to? What's next? What's happening? And yeah, I think that one of the most powerful things about the the way the poetess has created it is that it doesn't try to explain anything. It's just mm -hmm. sort of a statement of like, this is real and you will have to deal with all the questions as an audience member that that, that come up for you and all, all the all the things that arise. That's your yeah. sort of job to to work through because it doesn't, ah. it definitely not trying to explain itself as a, as a, as a piece. Mm. It's just there for you oh. to, so, to experience. So right, yeah, man. No, that's deep. Because actually, like I said, even watching, because going during my research and looking into all these clips and such, is it is mesmerizing. So you've you've done an absolutely amazing job from this side. So I don't only kind of fathom what it's like to actually be in the actual crowd and actually watching it. But it does. It's one of those things that I could see myself wanting to see on repeat at least a few times. So I was, I'm better avoid it because I might be with one of those in there with a camera just for my own personal reason. Don't worry, I won't, I won't leak the footage. I'm a professional out here, but no, but on, on a serious, serious, serious note though, it's like, if that's what you're looking to in, in capture, I can only say so much because obviously I'm only here at this particular moment in time without physically seeing it. But even from those little small clips and I'm not gassing and that's not my job at all, it does feel like you have captured that 
that space, as you were just saying, Tobin, it's like we're not here to give you the answers because it's not the way it works, as you were also referring to earlier in the conversation is, well, it's, a fight. it's okay to be individual, it's okay to be unique, it's okay to uh, attack, situ um, attack situations or approach situations, will that be sounding too aggressive? Um, but it's okay to deal with these things in your own way. There's not mm. always a said way with quite a lot of things. Okay, maybe surgery, yes, different thing altogether. But I mean, once again, you're trying to question someone who knows how to build a house from who's been building it from experience and someone who's done mm. it from, you know, from going to school. They might do completely two different things, but get to the same point. So it's just about understanding that kind of thing in total. So that's, yeah, bro, that's absolutely crazy. And also just kudos to you, bro, man, for real, for actually just bringing, bringing the culture to life to stage and on his contemporary business as well because the last time i saw this was on save the last arts excuse me guys i'm just trying to sort out my screens here at the moment um i could definitely can multitask but yeah no so that's just yeah once again though just once again my just appreciation because i'm a real anyone who knows me i'm a serious hip-hop head um look i'm work i'm really i'm a serious hip-hop head so seeing things like this and the transitions i mean even like when i've talked i've spoken to like raheem from the grandmaster flash and furious five on one of my um, fast first interviews and podcasts no. um you guys can check that no. back out on the i am you know it's, they are a bit lengthy but i mean on the first one he just goes into the whole there's just a whole vibe of actually when he before hip-hop even was cutting records that tapes were circulating through cabs mm. and such and how it was all like a real big community thing and then on the second time he spoke to him he's then telling us about his stories with rick james so i mean it's just like it's there's such a wealth of knowledge from going back from there to actually then coming then going completely forward and it's just like another epic thing to add to the whole list of things mm. when we look back and say okay but what has hip-hop done uh guys <laughs> we're not just a whole bunch of no disrespect to these guys little we're not just a whole bunch of little rappers at the moment we do have a whole culture around yeah. us and such so <laughs> it's a little rappers yeah the, well, it really is we're in a little generation it's, it's yeah. that, that one. anyway but then again we had a nice generation but it wasn't that bad we only had a few ices here and there but um we're also showing love to the you know the people that you're working with on this so Sadler's Wells you know the big world leading dance organization how have they how's your relationship how's your relationship been with them like because i've seen you worked with them maybe once or twice before wasn't it or is this your first attempt or from um i've worked with them yeah i think it's like twice now because we yeah, yeah. I, I used i got introduced to them through um breaking breaking conventions a break convention are yeah yeah man they're leading in terms of hip-hop culture in terms of bringing it to the stage and also they brought me onto that main. The first time I performed on that main stage was through Breaking Convention, so they, they gave me that opportunity. So yeah, big respects to them. Um, but yeah, Saddlers are, yeah, they, no, like for this in terms of Black Dog, they, they've supported, um, they've helped it um, grow where it kind of needs to grow, and I think it's it's allowed it to to reach the audiences that it needs to reach because obviously their audiences, um, predominantly for me, I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the audiences, yeah, into kind of the ballet and contemporary because that, that's what's kind of always there, and there is yeah. there. I'm not, I'm not saying hip hop is not there, but it's not it's not enough compared to the stuff that they watch. Mm. Um, so I think with this, it just it just breaks the again, just trying to break the doors to open up new perspectives for their audiences to be like, okay, this is there's there's new things and it's we can watch new things. And I think just allowing people to to see different stuff, man, because it's super important. But um, yeah, man, they're super supportive, so I do have to also big them up, man. Mm. No, big Definitely. shout out to them as well, my for real. But you are right because for generally when I hear anytime I hear Sadler's Wells. And this is no fault to their own. It is literally that market. 
and I don't yeah, think it's anywhere. It's just literally that high end. You're gonna. It's that's a proper a night on the evening, darling. Yes, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Sherry is in the lot, and bearing in mind, anyone from any shade can talk that way. I've heard it. I've been alive long yeah. enough to tell you that. But um, <laughs> but what I'm just kind of, I suppose, tying it up because I don't want to take you. I want to just thank you once again for you know your time on the podcast and such as well. But I mean, this is this is obviously a major one for you guys, but. How did the whole BBC connection work with the um, Arts Council who also is sponsoring? So shout out to the Arts Council. I'm applying for you soon too with my stuff. Um, <laughs> not asking for any for leg ups to say I, I, I'm helping, but no. <laughs> no yeah, no, real talk. No, I'm just writing my own fantasy story at the moment, but it's a, it's a way that I'm it's, it's a way that I'm doing it. Which, funny enough. If you guys are cool, I'd love to stay in touch with you, Bottis, because I'm actually want to add kind of a bit more of a more of an outward creative element to how this whole yeah, thing works. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm not going to shamelessly just plug myself here, even though I will do. Why? Because it's free promotion as well. Free promotion, free promotion, free promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So yeah, so going to it. So you can't kill us all. Commissioned by the BBC and Arts Council England in uh, their quarantine program of 2020, which a lot, as you, you know, was talking about just before, maybe just at the beginning or just before, is how much you know this whole pandemic has killed. You know, live performance, live performers, live artists, live DJ, anything that's live went down, mm. went down in burning flames, um, unceremoniously at that. But yeah, how did this, how did that come across? And what was, what was that kind of feeling like? Because you've worked quite a lot digitally as well, um, haven't you, Botis? Um, sorry, Botis. Yeah, um, it can't get us all. Yeah, so basically, it was just it was just a commission. It was it was called it was called the commission was from the BBC and the Arts Council, so they were partnering together. Um, mm -hmm. And the commission was called um, Culture and Quarantine, basically. So it was kind of commissioning artists to basically create something during lockdown because basically had nothing to do or well, could be creative. I think it was just giving people the opportunity to be creative in a lockdown. Um, so um, yeah, originally I wasn't really going to apply for it. I wasn't really up for mm. doing anything creative during lockdown. Uh, my partner, producer, amazing woman, said, "Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I've got this. Thing. You can. I'm just going to write this idea. Uh, I came up with the title, and I was like, I don't really have nothing to like. Like, I'm in quarantine. Like, I'm just stuck. <laughs> Let's do, like, I don't want to make like a lockdown thing. You know. Mm. Um, I think she, she pushed for it in the right way because she knew. Uh, she knew that I was like. I, amazing thing about her she 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 knows that i was like struggling creatively so she's like yeah like just push out the idea so we applied for it and then we got the commission um and then yeah we started working on it and then the crazy thing even as this is coming out uh in black history month the crazy thing obviously i was filmed we were filming doing the project during the time jordan floyd obviously got killed in america um oh, and that wow. was a. Uh, which was weird it was it was a weird kind of point of going through that and then i think just before that it was um uh, Ahmed Arbery who got shot the, the kid who got shot just jogging so I think that was and it, when you watch the piece the, the lot of the reason I'm running is um obviously homage in terms of it's it's, it's I use that imagery because of because of him mm. but um yeah it was just, I think doing that whole process and and then realizing why we applied why my partner applied for it it kind of it all linked up to be like okay it, it was the right time to make that kind of piece of work because it's yeah um, and, and also the title can't kill a saw originally it was about like I just said, yeah, like it was kind of cheesy. I said, yeah, COVID can't kill us all. And it's not going to kill everyone and we're all going to be all right. And then it turned into can't kill us all as in, you know, the idea of COVID, but also just the other pandemic, which which was the Black Lives Matter movement. So, yeah, I think it's, I love that piece, man. It's, it's a very special, it's special because we made yeah. it in a time where it was so, 
it's still relevant to today but yeah i think yeah. that piece for me just speaks it speaks volume in terms of what it, it is musically as well and how talking like came up with the score and stuff as well and how we worked with it we also worked with a filmmaker called ben williams who we worked with a lot so just having our three minds bring it together was um yeah it was a powerful moment man but that, yeah that process i think was really important for the three of us um yeah. because it kept us busy over a, a, a really uh stressful the, the deepest part of the part of the lockdown it really kept us mm. focused and i think we really um yeah, the creative relationship between the three of us just worked so so easily and so smoothly and um i think we will connect <coughs> on, a, on a certain level yeah definitely. um and yeah it was just that was an absolute i mean the subject matter was was difficult to to to, to work through um but the actual process of making it was a real pleasure mm. Mm. So, I mean, even, I mean, because well, we've touched on it so much, it's not like a, I'm one of those people that I believe it's relevant to always make sure that it's like a best way to look at it. Sorry, let me get my words out is it's good to forgive, but not to forget. And that's probably the best way in order to kind of move forward. Because once again, at least if anything, because everybody, because we've touched on this on the podcast quite a few times, because we was doing this, you know, just after the period, but is at least it gave a lot of people that chance to reflect because a lot of it's not like these things haven't happened even here in yeah. the uk and we're, we're, we look at it as just a um a case of just police but we're forgetting until like the euros happen you then kind of remember that it's not just one side of the fence it's 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 on a whole spectrum of things mm. and a lot of these things have happened and obviously because of the ease of social media i mean there's um you know i remember getting back when you know you're getting phone literal videos of people snuff videos basically and you're wondering well, how did you even get access to this stuff so yeah. even furthermore than seeing furthermore all of these shootings and all of these things happening but because everybody's in there yeah i've just got to get them done doing i'm doing stop complaining just get on with it you must have done something wrong you know the usual chat that we all hear so for them to all slow down and then be you know having to watch that whole process fall out i think it's a it's, it's a it's a great start but i mean this is work that you know the greats the greats have been doing from way back in the day from you know even for the civil rights movement and mm. and beyond that to get us get us here so once again thank you to you both and also in a, just in the case of the connection on both sides of that because i think it's like where most of us who actually believe in the cause is like look the only way the only way we're all going to move forward is if we literally learn each other and or at least learn or appreciate other people's cultures and understand like i would rather not like you for you as a person than just to have a a frontal case of saying yeah i don't like you just because i feel you fit into a certain narrative so just thanks yeah. once again guys and i'm pushing through that as well to deliver you know such a moving piece because that's the reason why i was like oh i had to check my phone as i did watch it because obviously you're in lockdown so you're trying to consume as much content as you can mm. or content that i think think was worth it because you can just binge yeah well yeah, yeah. oh there's no, some stuff right. i'm ashamed i binged <laughs> just put it that way that's <laughs> right what you said yeah i think it's yeah just just adding on to that as well, I think it, it yeah, it's hard because it, obviously with everything that happens as well, I think because we are online all the time as well, but I think it's, especially if, like I say younger generations, people younger than myself, because I'm also young, but <laughs> it's just it's just how we find a way to, to teach um, they're not hating, you know, like I think it's very difficult for uh, a young 17 year old, I think it's different, like, a young 17 year old being at home, seeing that stuff, um, and being like, oh, I don't like white people because of this kind of different thing. I think we just have to find ways to be able to teach that. Because I, I think I've, I think I'm not not finding it now, but it's just like the more I talk to people, is the more that I, I feel a lot of a 16 year old, 17 year old talking to me. I, I feel their anger and pain, 
um, oh. and they can't they can't clearly articulate it yet and they are saying things I'm just like oh, that's not the right thing to say but you're just I know why you're angry so it's just about it's the education around it you know like a lot of the edu- and you're not you're not getting it from school you're getting it from people like ourselves who, who can really do that and through the arts of the, what we're doing so I think it's important um, even for anyone listening I think we just have to find a way to really teach younger people oh. how you know not how to communicate mm-hmm. emotions but just how we speak about it and um, yeah but yeah this is my little two pence yeah, I was going to say that the, 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 the powerful thing about uh, Can't Kill Us All, I think, and why it was so important and effective was that, uh, like I sort of mentioned about Botus's other work um, and, and Black Dog, is it's not trying to, like I said, it's not trying to explain anything. And I think some people um, get too caught up in the, in the, in the rhetoric of debate around certain subjects and they, they're trying to find or clever ways to outmaneuver someone's rhetoric, like with a rhetorical trick and things like this. And I think the really powerful thing about Can't Kill Us All is you get to see the, you're not trying to explain anything. You're not trying to apologize for anything. You just see the effects of a situation on a man and you're just confronted with that reality. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to deal with your reaction to that. And, and I think that's a very a powerful way of, of, um, of explaining and exploring those ideas because you're not trying to say like well you see percentages of this that mean this and then uh there's this but this amount of um uh, of the main community don't get into this and that's very detrimental because of these reasons it's going like okay uh-huh. we'll put that aside for the moment what does this look like for a real person in their house right now yes that's really well, feel- what does that really feel like mm. and then i think that's a, a better way to activate sort of you know, empathy modules that we have inside of ourselves without trying to because Rationality is great as long as you're open to the real facts, because you can you can rationalize yourself into your own. Uh, you can you can sometimes not account for your own biases, and you can think you're being super logical, but you've, you know, you've you've convinced yourself of certain things. But this doesn't have to be. You don't have to convince anyone when you're just saying this is how I feel, and this is what it really looks like. And that's mm-hmm. a, I think it's a really powerful way of explaining some of these things. And that's a powerful way to articulate that as well because it's um these are that's why I said these I believe is the essential this is the basically the essential conversations that need to happen in order for like you're saying you know in the case of the, the youngers about how to articulate them it's like on one mm. hand then you got people that telling you this statistically this and this statistically that and it's like mm. yeah we get that but then as we all know numbers and media they have their own agendas as yeah. we've seen completely and it's historically bound so and i think what's quite amazing though is that even especially in the creative spaces is and especially as we're now getting younger the older generation probably a bit more stubborn than most but we're now more open to working with whoever whenever happy mm. to infuse because we, we we really get and understand like oh you know what like for instance myself i'm heavily inspired by graffiti hip-hop and whatnot but i'm also love my comics and my manga and that's also then leaks into my style to then help me create something which is my own and the same thing can be done with like hip-hop's always taking breaks cuts from from things from all over the place and then now we've got you taking not just a case of street dance but turning it into contemporary so it's and then making it into a whole thing and then now with someone like Torben not being what most people would consider a you know regular producer, like no bro like I, I need something for my 16 in it on this thing I'm spitting that's fat no disrespect to you lot but yeah it's like okay how can I bring you to life with my music which means there's an actual additional love and care for what you guys are doing so mm-hmm. nah man you guys are some seriously amazing crazy uh, crazy 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 creative minds 
Um, and I hope I do, you know, we can keep this relationship going in some way, shape or form. Keep it professional, of course. Um, unless you want to take me out for drinks, then, you know, can't guarantee <laughs> the outcome. But um, other than that, we'll leave it on this. How do you feel about the um, the stance with the TikTok dancers, if you are up and up to date with that? I think you're asking the wrong guys. No, no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I see him laughing. Do you know, you know what happened, right? I'm guessing what is, yeah? Oh, what happened? What? Oh, you didn't hear? Oh, okay, well, okay, we so are disconnected uh, people. Right, yeah, so see with me, because I suppose, yeah, you guys have got a lot of work going on, so I can completely understand where this is kind of my whole field. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, um, you know, TikTok dancers being you know popping off, especially during the whole COVID section, right? Yeah. So this ties back into the whole, you know, representation and how certain social networks also represent everybody fairly. So a lot of the more famous dancers, the, the dancers that kind of come across, you'll see predominantly, you know, white, Asian, basically the ones that TikTok would highly put up in the algorithm. Yeah. So what's basically started to have, they started to find is that there's been like a lot of black content creators who are actually mm. the ones who have originated the dances, but they don't get recognized for them in any way, shape or form. And they don't get pushed up time. on the algorithm. Exactly. And then, then what happened was, is for a period of time, I'm not sure if it's still ongoing, basically all the black, black TikTokers decided to go on strike and wouldn't create any new dances. And then the whole, <laughs> then the whole, and then the whole dance community on the whole TikTok thing. I mean, if you guys get, if you guys want a little bit of humor, just, just research it up and just look at, you know, black, um, black TikTokers on strike. Oh wow! There's loads, of, there's loads of YouTube videos. There's loads of things. Loads of people talking about. But you, you, you start. You see that. You literally see the full social impact of when we go. Wow. Well, all the people behind the scenes go. You know what? No, nah, we're not doing this anymore. You know, stay, yeah, stay in your corner, kind of thing. So, all right, that's fine. Wow. I, I but 100% happened. I was following it quite not intensively, but I was just, I just couldn't help but laugh because when you start seeing some of the videos and some of the things that these are doing. Oh, Lord. You'll, you'll have fun, especially you guys in the dance community. Well, I suppose, yeah, it becomes like a little microcosm of the world at large, doesn't it? In terms yeah. of the way that culture yeah. moves and translates and things. It's changing, but I mean, yeah, I think before I would have been like, oh, TikTok, this, but it's, it's just, I think culturally, it's also, yeah, it's different. But I think that, that, that idea of like things getting taken, I think it, it's, it's, it's it happens, it's happened throughout years of history of everything. So I don't think it's, um, I don't know, I need to check this out, boy. This sounds like a yeah, really be like a little fun little bruh. Trust me. Strike. Yeah, strike. no, literally they're legitimate and you see them, they they because obviously I got I don't I'm not even on TikTok myself. The only time I'm gonna jump on there is when I'm doing my next batch of promotion for my website and yeah. such. But it's only strictly business. But when because you've obviously got YouTube creators and other people, you know, and I start I, when I came across it, I was like are they being for real? And then once again, you see the whole social impact because of them just going, we're not creating any more, no more new dances for you guys. Like done. Cause nice. once again, they're, we're not, they're not being represented as they should be, but I'm not going to get into the, so the, the more economical social, you know, standings of yeah, certain yeah, yeah. social media things and algorithms and such. But anyway, gentlemen, um, plug yourselves. Um, anything other than, you know, as we've shown your dates, everybody, like I said, I'll put all the links in the descriptions below. So get your tickets, like, you know, follow them, support them, all of that stuff. But any other shameless plugs you guys want to drop right now? Any shout outs, anything? No, just come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, like super important, man. Like just, um, if you can, if you've got like a, a friend that you just know that kind of needs some sort of different motivation um anyone that's kind of probably come struggled through depression or someone at home or uh, you want someone to kind of just watch something to kind of bleach out energy it's a yeah it's a piece that yeah bring your family people bring just 
bring people to come watch the show, man. Yeah, we're going to be in London as well. So yeah, yeah, and especially if you if you have friends or family that are dubious about um, the 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 extent to which hip hop can be effective, yeah, it's really really uh, it's breaks the breaks the confines of hip hop, I think, and then really pushes it to its limits and shows what it can be. And I think that's an important thing for a lot of uh, a lot of people that might not necessarily see the show otherwise because they see oh. it's a hip hop thing. Uh, definitely, yeah. Get those black dog dates. Yeah. You will, you will not regret it. It's the wow. fastest hour of your life. Yeah, fast. Fast. And it's only out. It's an hour as well. Damn. It's an hour and two minutes. I'm gonna be one of those. When I find myself down there, I'm gonna. Be, I, I want more. I'm gonna be like, look, okay, you need to do a remix, right? I want a, like a double CD. <laughs> 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 I'm, gonna make, I'm gonna make you guys work for this. No, for real. Um, but no. But once again, thanks very much. Um, you know, for your time, for your contributions, for everything you're doing, the ways you're pushing everything forward for the culture in just general, and also for yourselves. And I think this is kind of healthy um, as well that you know people get to hear your journey and your perspectives and the way that you look at stuff because it might teach something someone something new so that's my little jerry springer piece to oh, finish and, the uh, show with <laughs> thank you man for such a fantastic sensitive questions i think it's yeah, been man. very enjoyable oh, thanks man like i like i said i deal i deal with people as that's that's it we go from there we flow and because it's all about you at the end of the day when it's my turn then yeah well i'm probably going to be about a five to six hour podcast to be honest with you but i will leave, <laughs> leave it as it starts from there but um yeah thanks ladies and gentlemen for tuning in if you stayed till this point with to the i am hip hop podcast powered by high creativity i know the background we need to kind of still alter that a little bit um so also as well for everybody else that now i'm going to be doing my own separate high creativity podcast as well so but we will be still here on a monthly basis other than that, everyone else have a great um, October, man. It's Black History Month. Get your knowledge on, man. Get your culture on and get some good food mm -hmm. in your belly. Thanks very much, gentlemen, man. Peace. Yes, thank you. All right. Peace.